Guys, this interview brings joy to my soul, man. It's it, it just brings back so many amazing memories of the good old Fiesta Bowl with uh, Boise State in Oklahoma, which is one of my absolute favorite memories, sports memories of my entire existence. Um, and I get to talk to a player who had a, a pretty important uh, play in that game, if you will. And he had an amazing career at Boise State. And uh, we're going to get to learn about his career, what sports have taught him, and what he's been able to, um, I guess, transition into his regular life these days uh, post-football. And uh, you guys are going to love this interview. It doesn't matter if you're a Boise State fan or not, but those who are Boise State fans will remember this individual. So stay tuned, pay attention. This is the Game Time Guru. So what time is it? Game Time Boost! This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everybody? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. I am your host, Shane Larson. Excited to be with you guys. Five and a half years down with this show. Um, it continues to grow. We're in 94 different countries, almost 80,000 downloads. We just continue to move forward with the growth of this show. Now, for those who don't know the background story, maybe this is one of your first times listening or you, you're a newer listener to the show. For those who don't know, the reason I even started this show was because of a guy from Boise State University. His name is Bob Beeler. Bob Beeler was the voice of the Boise State Broncos for uh, football and whatnot. And he was in one of my classes back in 2016, 2017 at Boise State. And he told me to start my own show. He said, you got to go home and start recording. So there's a whole story behind that. But the reason I'm even here is because of uh, Bob Beeler. Now, he was on the show back in 2017 as well. When I first started, he interviewed with me and um, big mentor. But he follows Boise State football, which is the reason I even bring that up. Because today's guest is very, very special for me because he is a former Boise State football player, has a lot of experience in the sport. We're going to be chatting with him about, you know, his experience playing football, some of his favorite memories and so forth. And then the parallels between sports and life and, you know, how he, he can take some of those sports lessons into his business that he does now. So his name is Vinny Peretta, former Boise State wide receiver. Vinny, thanks so much for joining us, brother. Hey, Shane. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, Vinny, you were you were at Boise State in what I would call the glory days um, when, it, when it started yeah. to really hit its peak, right? Like it started to, to take its rise at – I mean, people would say, you know, a little bit later, they had some good seasons too, but you were right there when it started to, to take off. Prior to Boise State, though, prior to your college experience in the, you know, early, I guess you would say 2000s, ah, mid-2000s in that, in that area, um, talk to us about your football background and your sports background as a whole and how you even ended up at Boise State University to, to play football. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. So grew, grew up, was born and raised down to San Diego, California. Um, my family got there. My dad played football for the San Diego Chargers. So football was just kind of naturally in the blood, and we were always around the game, even though I wasn't born when my dad was playing, but he would always take us down to San Diego Charger practices, and we'd get to go sit on the sidelines during games and watch the junior sales and the Natron Means and um, just a bunch of those uh, former players. And so we were just naturally exposed to it a lot as a kid. Um, growing up, I always wanted to be like my dad. I, I wanted to be a football player, right? So um, didn't start playing tackle football until I was about the eighth grade. My dad just kind of held off, even though I was chomping at the bit. Um, 
And he's like, ah, oh, you know, eighth grade's probably get one year before high school. And so ended up going to a La Costa Canyon down in San Diego, North County, and and played for four seasons down there, freshman through senior year. And um, at the end of my senior career, I um, I was really going back and forth on what I wanted to do. Did I want to go to college and, and just go to school? Or did I want to go play college football and give it a shot? And I had, a, I had some smaller schools interested in me and um, had reached out and a couple gave me a scholarship to go um, attend school and play ball. And I was just kind of really trying to wrap my head around that. And I said, you know what, if I'm going to go play, you know, I, I, I believe in myself enough that I'm, I want to go give this a shot at the division one level. Um, and so Boise state had been sending me some, some letters just like they probably did everybody else. Um, and we kind of reached out to them and said, Hey, you know, we're interested in, in going to Boise state university. Um, my senior year, fell in love with the program, watching them on ESPN. They had Tim Gilligan and TAG, TJ Acree running around, and Ryan Dinwiddie was throwing the rock all over the field. And um, down in San Diego, we got them on ESPN. And so really fell in love with the program. And Coach Riddle, who was the running back coach, reached out and was like, hey, you know, obviously I recruit San Diego. We'd love for you to come up for the spring game. And so I came up to Boise, never been here before, went to the spring game of my senior year. And um, they said, Vinny, come on up. We'd love for you to walk on. And if you can prove yourself, then we'll give you a scholarship right away. And I just fell in love with the town, fell in love with the program. The coaching staff was awesome. The players were awesome. The program was on the rise. And I said, you know what? I want to be a football player just like my dad. And this is where I want to go do it at. And so I said, hey, let's go play D1 at a rising program in Boise State and, and give it a shot. I dig that. San Diego, by the way, is my favorite city in the entire world. I was just having this conversation yesterday when I was talking yeah. to a coworker of mine. San Diego is my favorite city in the whole entire world. Um, so that's awesome that you're from there. Now, are you bitter about the San Diego Chargers move to Los Angeles? I am. Yeah. So we naturally just grew up as San Diego Charger fans. My dad, um, you know, played there for five, six seasons. And um, so growing up, we were huge Charger fans. You know, it just gave something to to you know, team to root for on Sundays, and and then when the Spanos family decided to move them up to LA, you know, yeah, it's right down the street. But LA and San Diego, when it comes to sport teams, you know, that that's a bit of a rivalry. So we were just like, ah, going into the backyard, you know, in yeah. enemy territory. So we were a little bitter about that one. Um, you know, I still it's still hard not to root for the brand and the players, you know. Um, but I'd still love to see them move back to San Diego at some point. That'd be awesome. Oh yeah. San Diego deserves their f football team back, man. I'll just tell you that. Yeah. Oh my yeah. That's so cool though. So w before we get into your Boise state um, career and kind of what was going down there um, now we know how you got there, but I am curious, like, did you feel any pressure? I know you said you weren't alive when your dad was playing during his playing days, but did yeah. you feel pressure of having a dad that played at the professional level to try to have to, meet those standards and then i guess a follow-up question to that was work ethic did your did your dad or did yeah. your dad ever instill like a work ethic in you of like this is what it takes to get to the next level did you get to see that growing up with him yeah good question so my dad you know he obviously got exposed and played a lot of football over the years and back when he was playing ball in the mid 70s early 80s i mean those guys were starting training camp a month before what they're starting now. And they were full pack jack, two a days, 
just grinding through those summer dog days of training camp, you know, and so my dad just really got his, his fill of football. He was an offensive lineman, you know, and they were pounding all day, every day. And, uh, it was a, it was a grind. It was tough. It beat his body up. You know, his, his body's gone through the ringer. Um, and as he's getting older, you can tell a little bit more and more each and every day, but, um, he definitely, it was probably a little bit of a love hate relationship there, you know, towards the end of his career where he's like, man, this is what I do, but man, it's grind too. And so my dad never like rammed it down my, my brother or myself's throat. Like he said, you know, if you want to play football, you can play it, but I'm not going to push you to play. And, um, naturally, you know, we, we were always watching football games cause you know, you love the game. If you play it, you're watching, you know, college football on Saturdays, you're, you're watching NFL games on Sunday. So my dad would always had ball games on and, you know, it was a cool thing. Like it was a prideful thing to say like, yeah, my dad played in the league. It was something that me and my brother were very proud of, you know, and we had his old jerseys and helmets and game balls. And, um, we were just naturally exposed to, you know, to sports and football in particular. So my dad, he knew, you know, um, what the game was like. And he's like, you know, if you want to do it, I'll support you. If you don't want to do it, I support you too. So he'd been there, and I think that really helped having a parent who played the game and knew it. And I learned a lot from my dad now that I can teach um, my kiddos, you know, and encouraging them if they want to play. And if not, hey, let's go explore what else you guys are interested in. But once we did sign up to play football, my dad definitely did instill, hey, okay, if you're going to play ball, like, and you're going to play ball, and you're going to do it the right way, and you're going to have, you know, that strong work ethic just like in life in general that he always coached us up on. Um, but if you're going to play ball, you got to respect the game and you better be all about ball and, and, um, and work your butt off while you're doing it, you know? So yeah, once we signed up for it, it was kind of like game on, you know, and my dad, he was, was just such a great mentor and coach to us, you know, as, as a dad who's been in those uh, shoes before. So. I love that, dude. That's super cool. Yeah. Super, super cool. Yeah. Now, Vinny, when you got over to Boise State, the transition from high school football to the collegiate game, even at Boise State, I, I want to know what the hardest transition piece was for you, I guess, if there was one, uh, going from the high school scene to the collegiate scene, yeah. whether that be being a student athlete or if it was the work that you had to put in, the, the the grind that it required at the college level. But what was the biggest transition for you? You know, I think the biggest transition was just the technique. I mean, so much in high school, you have a lot of these uh, athletes who just rely so much on their talent. And at the high school level, you can get by based off your talent alone. But then when you take the next step up to, you know, college football or even next step up into the NFL, you know, on, you know everybody's talented. Everybody has that athletic uh, capabilities. So I think the biggest thing that I struggled with initially was, okay, I'm going to rely on my speed and talent, uh, but that'll only take you so far because everybody's got that at the next level, right? So for me, a lot of it was um, I played a lot of running back, a little bit of receiver um, in high school. Um, and when I was playing wide receiver, I just, I beat guys with my speed, right? Um, and then when I came to Boise State, I was I was playing wide receiver. And so the uh, the defenders, they, they were going against speed all day, every day for the past four years, right? And so I really had to learn and hone in on my technique on how to run a route, how to release against a press, um, just those little things, my foot, my footwork. Um, I was just so raw. 
And so a lot of that was um, help and mentor from, you know, teammates when I was redshirting like TJ Acre. And I'd even hop on uh, the film set and watch like you talk about a guy who's going to run a route is Tim Gilligan. And I just really studied him day in and day out on footwork and his steps in and out of breaks. Um, and that really helped, helped me. So that was the biggest challenge was just the technique of the position play for sure. Uh, um, that time frame is so cool because that that was such a like just the talent that was at Boise State at the time was just amazing. Um, but I would love for those who are listening, whether you're a parent or you're an athlete, um, currently listening. I coach high school or I coach club basketball at the high school level, so 17 year old kids, juniors and seniors in high school, and I want them to take note of what you just said there. Um, so rewind that part and listen to what Vinny just said. As far as like some of you guys are great athletes, and that's a that's awesome. But there's going to be a transition there. So you can't always rely on athleticism because when you get to that next level, there's going to be everybody's at that level, like everyone. Um, and so you're going to have to learn the, the intricacies of the game. Um, and you might be wise to start studying that kind of stuff uh, earlier and, and, and trying to implement that at an earlier age if you can. Um, at Boise State, you're known for, well, not known for, but there's a like one of the best things that I can remember like is the infamous touchdown pass in the Fiesta Bowl. But before we even get to that, or not – yeah, so like it was the 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 pass to Schumann in the in the Fiesta Bowl. Yep. But I want to I want to talk about the Fiesta Bowl experience because to this day, I was 18 years old at the time. That was one of the coolest, best memories of my entire life from a sports perspective. I travel to sports games all across the U.S. Now that's kind of what I enjoy doing. I'm a Buckeyes fan too, so I go to Ohio State games, a lot of Boise State games. I'm a Boise State grad, season ticket holder, all that stuff. Gone to a lot of games, a lot of a, a lot of big games, but still to this day, that Fiesta Bowl was one of the best, just because of the implications there, the history, and everything. Like, you know, Boise State's in the BCS Bowl is awesome. But I want to know from a player's perspective yourself, Vinny, as you as you grew at Boise State and you you became a, a intricate piece, sorry, integral piece of the the offense. You were huge uh, for the offense. Like it was it was a big piece. You were a vital part of the team. And you guys get against Oklahoma. I know from a from a fan's perspective, I remember when Oklahoma came out, I was actually shell-shocked as a fan because I knew I had heard about yeah. it like, man, this is going to be the big-time football, yada, 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 Boise State can't match with these guys, whatever. And as they came out on the field, they came out in the wagon, whatever, I was like, oh, yeah. boy. Like, we were sitting with all their fans, and I was like, yeah, maybe they're right. Like, I was a little shell-shocked. But I want to know from a yeah. player's perspective how you guys prepared, what your, your feelings were entering the Fiesta Bowl, and then we'll get to the discussion of the past and stuff like that later on, but – Going to the Fiesta yeah. Bowl, what were your feeling? Were you nervous? How did you guys get focused uh, for that particular game? Yeah, yeah, good question, Shane. So, uh, Coach Pete, I'd, I'd give a lot of co a lot of credit to Coach Pete on this one and the coaching staff. Obviously, when we found out that we were going to the Fiesta Bowl, you know, it, it was a celebration in itself. You know, what a treat and what a reward to an outstanding undefeated season that we experienced during the regular season. Um, and so, initially, we were all just super pumped and excited, and you know. I had a couple of days after they announced that we were playing Oklahoma, I think it set in a little bit like, okay, we're going to play Oklahoma. Like these guys, you know, there's some dudes for sure. Um, and so I'll never forget um, with this question, Shane, that you asked, I'll never forget um, just our first team meeting and our bowl preparation practices that we had after the announcement and okay, now it was time to go to work and, and start preparing for the bowl game. And coach Pete sat us down and, it was, okay, yeah, this is awesome. 
but you could just tell the focus and the intensity in coach Pete's eyes. Um, and he told us point blank, like, Hey guys, this is awesome. What a reward. But you know, we're going down to Phoenix and we're not going just to go like we're going down to win this thing and it's going to be a bear and it's going to be a grind, but we got a lot of work to put in over this next month and we're going to grind and we're going to go down there and we're going to be prepared and ready to roll and we're going to go win this stinking football game, you know? So a lot of that celebration at that point was just pushed to the side and it's like, okay, when coach Pete, he definitely sets the tone. Um, and he set that tone early and we knew that, okay, we're in the Fiesta Bowl and, and uh, we weren't going down there to lose. We were going to go win this thing. So it was his intensity and focus that trickled down from the top all the way down to the bottom. And I think just the whole program from coaches, assistant coaches, players, equipment managers, everybody felt that. And um, there was a lot of uh, intense preparation and focus that, that uh, occurred because of that. That's so sick. It's so sick to hear that. I'm yeah. sure it was crazy. That's, that's so dope. I, uh, I want to know then too, cause I remember there was a memory in that game. And I, like I said, I remember like it was yesterday, it's 15 years ago, but I remember it like it was yesterday because it was, I remember I went to school with Derek Schumann. He was a senior when I was a freshman in high school at Eagle. And so like yep. seeing him, I kind of always looked up to him as a football player because he was a big kid, like playing at Boise state. And he was actually a really, really solid tight end over there. I remember there was a time though he was really well known for his blocking too. That's why in the NFL he he was kind of a a blocking guy. They put him at fullback, put him at tight end, like he was a, a blocker too. Even though he could catch the ball as well, but he's a great yep. blocker. I remember there was a time though he was in, he was pass blocking. He was helping on pass blocking, and he got ran over, like absolutely <laughs> ran over. And I'm like, oh, because to me Derek was a big kid. It's like, dude, he's like an yeah. inch taller than me, and he's quite thick, and he's strong. Oh, and yeah. Just to see him get bull rushed, it was a bull rush, and he just got lit up and i'm like oh man these guys are huge dude like it just seemed weird to me because everybody says that but i'm like nah dude they're not that big whatever and then yeah. i saw like how they compared to some of our bigger athletes and and whatnot but you yourself i should say you're not like the tallest guy in the world like we'll just oh no uh so nope nope i, I think they have i'll have to remind i'll have to yeah, I'll have to remind Schumann about that one the next time I see him oh. as well. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I was definitely probably on the smaller end of of, uh, of guys who were out on that field that day. And um, yeah, I, I definitely felt small out there. Let's just say that. That's. Did you ever take a hit during the game or a block where like you you, you noticed it, or were you so focused in the game it didn't feel like it was any different than playing in the normal schedule? Um, you know, I definitely, over my career, I definitely did take some good healthy hits for sure that I felt. And that game in particular, um, I, off the top of my head, I, I, I don't remember one that, 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 that sticks out. Um, but I think the thing that sticks out to me the most was just obviously just, you know, how just I mean, those guys, I mean, they were the biggest team that we saw all year and they were fast, you know. And yeah, it was definitely a different player out there than what we had seen all season long. Um, and so they definitely had the advantage there. Totally. Now that's cool. For those who are like just the, the normal fan, I, I would like to explain the speed real quick. My first experience with like that, besides the Oklahoma game, when I went to the Ohio State Clemson college football playoff, I went to both of their college football playoff games. So the first one was in 2016. I remember seeing 
it was just wild. I saw Clemson's defensive lineman sprint from one sideline to the other sideline. Um, and I was like, that dude should not be running that fast. Like, that's just not how it should be. Well, yeah. I saw that all around the field and it was just like a different speed and, and they made Ohio state look slow and Ohio state actually was not slow. They just made them look slow. They were much more athletic the next year following. I went to Oklahoma versus Ohio state in the shoe. And that was when Baker Mayfield was, he planted the flag in the middle of the field stuff. I was at that yeah. game. And that again showed me like, holy frick, these guys are fast. The very next week after that game, I went to Boise State versus Troy because I was a season ticket holder. And I'm watching the Troy-Boise State game. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I'm like, oh yeah. my gosh. Like, it was so yeah. slow yep. compared to like, yep. and it, they're the smaller athletes, slower. So I just want people to understand like, there's just a different speed and there's different athletes out there. But anyway, yep. as we get into the, yep. the details of that game, most people understand the game for the hook and ladder, um, the, the Statue of Liberty. But what they oftentimes forget is the throw in the end zone to Schumann, which you had uh, on a fourth down, have you? So before that play, remind me if I'm – I remember it was Ian Johnson who went down, but they had to review the play, if I'm not mistaken, because it was almost a fumble. Am I? Is that what happened right before the fourth down? I could have sworn it was right then where Ian yeah. went down. And yeah, he went down and – yeah, yeah. I think it was his knee or his hand ball came loose and they hopped on it and um yeah they went back and reviewed it and yeah obviously showed that that it wasn't a fumble and uh and i, I believe that's what kind of led into the the fourth and two play that i'm pretty sure you're yeah. right. here's what yep. happens ian johnson goes up the middle he gets stopped but the thing was is the angle that, and i think he said it in out of the blue the documentary or whatever he even said yeah. like, one angle can mess it up forever. Cause when we were watching the replay on the, the big screen, it looked like he fumbled it. My uncle texted me at the time and said he fumbled that, that ball. And I, and we all like the, that's why the Oklahoma fans erupted and the Boise state fans sat there yeah. like disgust. We were like about to throw up. Um, yeah. because it, it was one <laughs> angle that could change everything, but then they, they see it from different angles. Obviously it ended up, he was down. That was the right call. He was down. You go into that play. Okay. I know you probably talked about this yeah. a million times in your life, but you're on the short side of the field. You have a very little window to throw it, uh, it where you're at. And they're taking the yep. ball out of their quarterback's hands. They're putting it into a receiver's hands to, to do that. So it's obviously a very risky call, as we all know that by now. But when you got the play call, were you just so hyper-focused on the game that you couldn't even think to be nervous? Or did you have any thoughts going through your head? I just want to know what was going through your head, Vinny, when you got that play call and you had to go yeah. execute it. Yeah, Shane. So when they called that play package um, with that with that personnel group, I was running out on the field and thinking to myself, "Okay, we're in this this personnel group. What plays?" And then it hit me. I'm like, "Oh man!" For that personnel group that was running out on the field, like there was only one play in that personnel group, and and it hit me pretty quickly what was coming. So um, that's that's when I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is going to be really good or really bad." Fourth fourth and two, right? Um, yeah, so that play, so if you rewind it back to the final game of the season, we, we played Nevada in Reno and that's a game that were, you know, we won the WAC championship and, and secured the, the Fiesta Bowl position undefeated season, whatnot. And it was during that game, we ran a very similar play, except we flipped it and it was just a wildcat direct snap to myself wildcat formation and it was just a sweep around the left edge and it was you know probably third and two so a very similar down in distance very similar spot on the field it's just that it was flipped and so I ran it it was a run a design run and it worked and we scored a touchdown on that play and so coaches you know were 
we're probably saying, hmm, we know this Oklahoma coaching staff is obviously very solid. They're probably doing their due diligence watching this play. So if we come out in this formation, even though we're going to flip it, they're probably going to coach up their players like, hey, if we see number 19 in the backfield, you know, with this set, it's probably going to be a run to the short end of the field, right? And that's when we kind of designed the pass off of that play with them, you know, with us expecting them to think that it was going to be a run. So we ran it, shoot, probably 20 times in that month during bull prep. Um, and then, yeah, it was, yeah, I mean, half the time in practice, the pass wasn't even open. So I'd have to tuck it and try to scramble for, you know, that two or three yards to get a touchdown or get a first down, right? And that was the game plan. Like, hey, if shoot couldn't get open in the corner of the end zone, then I was going to tuck it and, and try to run for the first down. Um, and so when we, we lined out uh, Schumann, I mean, just the whole team in general, but Shu did an outstanding job um, just really selling the block and then releasing to the corner of the end zone and he was open and everything just happened so quickly. It was like, bam, bam. By the time the play call was called in, running out into the huddle, by the time the snap to the touchdown, it was, I mean, everything went so fast. I like blacked out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but luckily it worked. No, it's so awesome, man. And, and I've watched that play over and over and over again because of how many, like, there's just such a small room for error in that, that yeah. you're on the short side of the field, it's collapsing on you guys. So if you were going to tuck it and run, you're probably not going anywhere. You had some big boys yeah. right there. And, uh, yeah, shoot, shoot, you did a great, I love it. You said that he did a great job at, at selling it. And it almost seems like he, it was like, is he going to get out there? Like, come on, hurry. Like, so when you watch yeah. the play over and over, it was like, it, it matched up perfectly, but it was like, dude, like what if he didn't, what if he took a half a second later, like to get out there, like all those little things yeah. you think of and the ball floated perfectly. It was perfect touch. But if you, if it was just a little bit later, like if it hung in the air, even more that a guy could have gotten there and knock yep. it out. Like he caught it like this instead of catching it like that with the shield, his body. So I always yep. wonder like, what if that dude would have swatted down, knocked it out. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of things that, that go, one of my favorite things about it though, Vinny was your reaction like that. Like that's like, it was like this amazing reaction. You just like, you were, it was just the emotions of like, throwing the touchdown pass, huge game. Like your reaction is one of my favorite things to that. Like just knowing that you had done that and then you're excited about it. Like that was, that was one of my favorite things about that game. And then obviously, you know, you guys win it um, with the, the statue of Liberty and, and all that stuff that goes down. It was just, it was incredible. But uh, I want to know your, yeah. what did that whole run and the, the Fiesta bowl, win that wasn't the end of your college career like some guys are like oh they ride off into the sunset and they they're done with their football career or they go on to the next level if they can and whatnot but for you that was just sort of like the beginning um you weren't done with your college career so what did that fiesta bowl win and that whole season do for you as an as an athlete for the rest of your college career yeah yeah it was definitely one that obviously we, we celebrated a lot you know and I felt like it was for the whole off season training camp going into the next season. Like, you know, the city of Boise, it was just, you know, everybody, it was talked about until opening game of, of the next season, you know? Um, and so obviously it was just, it was a huge win for the program. It was a huge win for the city of Boise and the fans. Um, it was a huge win for just the, you know, the smaller teams and division one football it was a huge win for college football in general. I mean, people still talk about it to this day. That's what makes the game and the sport just um, so awesome and, and true and pure, right? Um, 
uh, for myself and probably my teammates, it definitely set, you know, raised the bar on what those expectations were. Obviously we knew, and it was just an unbelievable run and probably one that you're not going to experience, you know, many more times in, in your career. Um, so we definitely celebrated it. Um, but then we wanted to go do it again. Right. And, um, it definitely set the tone, like I was saying earlier, but, um, yeah, it was just a sense of accomplishment, but it just shows like, Hey, if you, if you put the work in and you're prepared and you're disciplined and you want it and you're hungry, like anything in life, like you can go do it, you know? Um, so we just learned so much of it about it from, from the football side of things, but just always also, you know, just a lot of life lessons learned there as well. Absolutely. Awesome, man. It's so cool. Now I, I didn't get to see the Kellen Moore freshman year, that type of thing. I think that was your last, if I'm not mistaken, that might've been your last season. If I'm not. Yeah. My senior year, my senior year was his first year of, of starting. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, I was, I had left on my mission then, but I did see this, the following season I was at the university of Washington game. Uh, that was a tough one, yeah. uh, but you guys still yeah. had an amazing run there. It just came short against freaking Hawaii. Um, and yeah. Then, oh my gosh. I, I, that was brutal. Too. Yeah. Cole, Cole Brennan RIP, but like Cole Brennan was yeah. a yeah. monster back then. Um, I do want to ask though. So you got to play with some, you know, solid quarterbacks you had taylor tharp you had jared zabransky you had obviously kellen moore at the early stage of, yeah. of his career um i'm not gonna ask you like who's your favorite but like uh what were some of the strengths yeah. of your quarterbacks that's very rare by the way that you get to play with yeah. three separate quarterbacks in a, in a college career so what was like some of the things you took away from playing with those three those three guys yeah um so i'd say zabransky love playing with zabransky i mean that guy was such a fierce competitor um, and he, you know, and he had your back, right? And that's what we love. I love playing with him just because of the competitiveness and the drive and, um, just his eagerness to go and win and compete. Right. And then he also was just a great leader. I mean, he definitely held a lot of guys accountable and just that accountability side of things, which I definitely appreciated. Um, and so was, he was a great leader. Um, Taylor Tharp, I love playing with Taylor. He just really just let the ball go, you know, and and he said, you know what, I'm going to throw this ball downfield and we're going to go do this thing. And so I really appreciated Taylor's just aggressiveness out on the field. And then Kellen, um, I think the thing that I really enjoyed most about Kellen is I could tell if I was in a set based off the shell that the defensive secondary defense was was given us, I could probably tell 90% of the time if Kellen was going to be throwing the ball to me. So he was just, his football intelligence was just so dialed in um, that I knew, okay, if they're giving us a cover two look, like I'm the cover two beater on this route, I got to get open because I know Kellen's throwing the ball to me. So um, just really playing with Kellen was so fun because he put the ball where he needed to put the ball to beat certain coverages and definitely takes a special quarterback to do that. So all three of them, so different. Zabransky was very mobile and could run. Taylor had a killer year just sitting in the pocket three through for a ton of yards. I think he had a season record um, at the end of his year, that year that he started. And then Kellen, obviously, I think to this day is all time winning as quarterback in college football history. I think he is, if not number two, so. uh, but a 50 and three record in college football is pretty unbelievable. So um, playing for Kellen was, uh, was a joy as well. 
Kellen's wild, man. I think those three losses by what, like a combined five points or something. Uh, yeah, that was, that's brutal. That's, that's brutal. I was at the TCU and the, uh, I was at the, the, the TCU home game. I think it was either a senior year or junior year. And I was also at the Nevada game, the infamous, uh, missed field goal, but, uh, yeah, it's just brutal losses for him. But yeah, that's so crazy. You were around so many awesome players, man. Um, and then at the end of that, you, you were an undrafted free agent and had an opportunity yep. with the Vikings. So I want to, I want to yeah. hear your experience in the professional level. And I asked you about your transition from high school to the, the collegiate level. What was the transition that you noticed there? You mentioned technique was one of the things for the collegiate level, but was there any transitions from college to, to the professional level, even at camp, I guess? Yeah. So I think to, um, probably to answer that question, I would say the playbook was just, you know, almost next level in the NFL. Um, and then I would say, you know, I've definitely felt that the game speed going from high school to college, but from college to the NFL, I mean, those guys are so fast. It's, it's crazy. So I would say playbook and, um, speed for the next level was, was big, but yeah, I, I, um, after, let's see the point stadia game my senior year, I said, you know what, I'm going to give this thing a shot. And I know I'm probably not going to get drafted, but if I can run a, you know, quick 40 at pro day and, and test well there, maybe I'll get a shot. And so draft went that season. Obviously I didn't get drafted, but the Vikings called me and said, Hey, do you want to, um, you want to sign an undrafted free agent deal? And there was a couple other teams that had reached out, um, but the Vikings expressed the most interest in me that year. I went out and did a visit in the spring um, and just felt like that was probably the right thing to do since they showed the most interest in me and was just blessed for the opportunity to, to even get a shot to go to a rookie mini camp, um, you know, and, and, and training camp and playing postseason games. I mean, it was such a treat and such a cool experience that, I saw growing up, you know, when I was exposed around, you know, some of the NFL um, and then to be a player of, I mean, it was, it was just to be a fly on the wall was even fun. Just being sitting in team meetings. So it was definitely a very cool, unique experience for sure. That's so awesome, dude. I can't even imagine. Yeah. It's funny yeah. that there's, there's a, there's a friend of mine who played high school football where I go, he, he was invited to the chargers rookie mini camp. He went to Idaho state, played safety and, and linebacker there goes to the Chargers. He told me after he got back, he's like, yeah. dude, there's these linemen that are pulling that are like six foot five, 300 pounders. He goes, they shouldn't be running that fast. Like that's what he told me. He goes, yeah. there's a whole new yeah. world for me, but it was a great experience. Yep. He goes, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's just funny talking about like speed of the game and just the next level, but it's cool that you had that experience. I, I know you, you had some, like, you had a lot of ups, I, th I would say in your career, like you, you, you busted your butt. You had a lot of ups. You were part of a program that was really successful in college. And I want to talk about that just to, and how you've transitioned into the next part of your life, which is, you know, working and, and you're running your business and you're doing your thing and, and, and as a family and everything, like, what are some, like, if you could name three things that you learned in football throughout the duration of your career, whether that's, that's high school, college, professional, three skill sets that you could, that you acquired that you can transition right into your, your life and your work that have helped you succeed. Yeah. Um, let's see. I think number one is you're definitely going to be held accountable for the decisions that you make. Um, you know, if you want to slack off, well, when something happens, you're going to have to pay for those consequences, right? You want to put the hard work in and you're going to, you know, reap, reap that reward, right? So um, definitely the accountability side of things like, hey, 
can't be on your heels. You got to be on your toes. You got to go get it. You got to work hard. Um, you know, nothing in life I think is probably going to be handed to you in most scenarios and you got to go, go and get it and you got to want it and you got to hold yourself accountable for your actions and those actions, you will be rewarded or disciplined, right? Just like in many things in life for, for, for what you decide to do. Um, so definitely the accountability side of things. Um, obviously, the work ethic, the day in and day out. I mean, waking up in the middle of training camp and you're going for two a days and you're sore and you're tired and dehydrated and hurting and you don't want to be there. You want to be on the beach somewhere and 95 degrees outside and the blue turf is feels like you're running on fire. Um, definitely the work ethic and facing a little adversity there. You know, if those, I just kind of tell myself like, man, if this is the most of my worries right now, then then things are, are pretty good, you know, because it was it's such a blessing. So a lot of it was just kind of a mindset. Um, are you telling yourself a story or, you know, is this just a beautiful opportunity and go have fun and, and just go get after it, you know? So I think, yeah, work ethic and that mindset was, was would probably be the second and third biggest thing. Um, and uh, yeah, adversity was a big one too. You know, I walked on at Boise State was on a draft a free agent in the NFL. And I was, I was, I mean, I was, I was like a kid, like you said, like a fanboy, like I was a fanboy, man. Like I walked on to Boise state. A lot of people didn't want me to go play. So just being involved in a part of the program, I was like, gosh, this is so cool. And then to go do it in the NFL, I'm like, gosh, this is even cooler. Like, are you kidding me? Like what a blessing. Like I don't deserve to be here. Um, but you know, um, during those times you, you, you face, you know, a lot of doubts and, uh, and just facing a little bit of that adversity for me on the football field, um, in meetings and, you know, getting called out for running around this way. Sometimes you get popped in the mouth a little bit in life and got to face a little bit of that adversity and you just got to keep going, you know, and it's going to make you tougher and it's going to sharpen your sword. So, so many things in life, um, that you can relate back to sports and, and that's such a beautiful thing. So that's why I'm a huge advocate of sports um, and just kids being able to participate in, in, in ball, any kind of sports, any kind of activity, because you just learn so much in those extra correct activities, you know? So. Totally, man. That's so cool. That's so yeah. cool. I, yeah. I, I really am going to encourage everybody who's listening to this. If you're on an iPhone, whatever, rewind that, listen to the last three minutes of what Vinny just said. Um, you're a parent, especially I, I encourage the parents to listen to that sports can teach you so many amazing things, but I can say it over and over, but people are gonna be like, well, what do you know? I'm going to be like, well, listen, yeah. you know, I competed, but I didn't compete at that level. You know, uh, yeah. I listen to someone who's been there and then Vinny's been there and he understands it. And, uh, that is what I hope you guys take away from this. Now, Vinny, what are you up to nowadays? And where can we, where can we find you? Like, are you like, if somebody yeah. wants to know what Vinny Perret is up to, let us know. So, so we know what's going on in your life these days. Yeah. Let me just kind of revert back to that last one really quick. So, um, so my oldest son, Leo, he's seven years old and he just started playing soccer and I'm coaching him and we were out of practice the other day and he's, he's, he's my oldest kiddo, you know, see, so he's always beating up, you know, number two and number three. And, um, we were out on the soccer field the other day and he got kicked with a soccer ball. It was a cold day, just bam, right square, right in the face. And he just went down and he was fighting back his tears, but I could tell he didn't want to cry in front of his boys and was trying to be tough. And that just put a big old smile on my face, you know, as bad as that sounds, 
I'm like, I am so happy that he just got kicked square in the face with the soccer ball and that it hurt, right? And so we got in the car after practice and said, Leo, you were really tough, buddy. Like that had to have really hurt. I said, but I'm so happy you got kicked in the face. He's like, dad, why? Why? Like, Because Leo, that's life. You get popped in the face all day, every day, man. You know, are you going to get back up and keep going? You know, and he's just sitting there like, okay. And he might not notice it right now. I'm probably being a crazy dad, but I just love that about him. Just this little adversity on the soccer field at seven years old and he probably grew from it. But anyways, yeah, I'm living here in Boise, Idaho. I'm married to my wife, Jess. She played soccer at BSU and we've got three kiddos. We have two boys and a girl, Leo, Rocco, and Gemma. Um, I was doing medical device. I did that for shoot, about nine and a half years. And now I've hopped on with Title One. It's a local title and escrow company um, servicing kind of the region of the Northwest and been doing that for about three years. And, you know, outside of work and, and family and being a husband and being dad, I, you know, really enjoying the active lifestyle that Idaho has to offer, you know, getting up in the foothills and running and the green belt and um, going to Boise State football games and basketball games and just being active in the community. And, and I, and I like to golf as well. So that's kind of what I've been up to, Shane. Oh, I love it, man. I love it. I, uh, I want to send this over to Joel, the blue collar club, the guy who's running the blue collar club, like let him hear it. Cause we all love hearing from the guys that, that set the, set the standards here at Boise state and to see what they're doing now. You're being, you're super successful family, man. I too have uh it's weird. I, I have two boys and a little girl as well. Yeah. Uh, so it's cool. here. Yeah. I didn't know that piece of it all. So that's awesome, man. Um, we look forward to seeing your success moving forward. I, I love it, Vinny. I, I appreciate you joining me and being willing to share your story. And, uh, if one of these days we can meet up, that'd be awesome. I could chat with you some more, but, uh, I wish yeah. you the best of luck yeah. moving forward, brother. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, Shane. Thanks so much for thinking about me, man. I, I just, I'm humbled to even have you reach out to me. You know, like I said, I haven't done one of these for a while, so you do an awesome job, man. And I definitely encourage you to keep reaching out to guys because it, it is fun to, you know, talk to, to humble, good dudes like yourself. So I appreciate you um, allowing me to take the time to, to be on your show. So thanks for thinking of me. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. For those who are listening, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave me a review on Apple Podcasts if you can so we can get this out to more people. And we'll be coming to you next week with another interview. Take care. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.